This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The clash between the wireless carriers and the FAA dominated headlines earlier this month. And while things have largely settled down, there are still flights being canceled. So how did this all happen? Let's break it down. I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. With me to help us make sense of this madness is CNET senior reporter Maggie Reardon. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks for having me. So you did a lot of digging into this fascinating and in some ways embarrassing tale of what is essentially really a spat between two federal agencies that somehow spiraled out of control. So before we get into the nitty gritty details, just if you can give us a quick update on, well, a quick overview of the dispute and a sort of update on where we're at. Yeah, so basically this is a, a dispute between um, the aviation industry and the, the FAA and the FCC, which um, regulates the wireless industry and, and the wireless carriers, uh, the big ones, Verizon and AT&T. So um, the government, the FCC repurposed some spectrum, the C-band spectrum, and they sold it off to AT&T and Verizon who's, who spent like over $70 billion on, on licenses for the spectrum that they wanted to use for uh, 5G deployment. And it's really key to their 5G um, rollout. And uh, meanwhile, the aviation industry is saying like, hey, wait a second, there's some interference issues that we haven't worked out. This affects altimeters on planes, which we really need to uh, land planes in low visibility and it's dangerous and you can't go forward with this. And so that's the basic dispute. And the FAA has been, you know, waving its arms and and yelling to everybody. And so they, they finally uh, made their concerns public right before the, the 5G launch and said, well, we're going to just have to like warn everybody about this and, and tell our planes that they can't land in places where 5G is deployed because, uh, you know, we don't want anybody to crash. Right. And, and to be clear, like, is the spectrum safe to use? The, the FCC says it is, right? And they are the expert agency. So, um, you know, just to make sure the the carriers Verizon and AT&T have agreed to um, to lower the power around certain airports and they, they put in these like two mile exclusion zones. And, you know, so they say they're being like extra, extra careful. Um, but, you know, the FCC still like is sticking to its original um, evaluation and says there's no problem here. It should be fine. There, there's no dangerous interference that anybody has to worry about. All right. So let's uh, let, let's sort of go and talk about sort of the, the results of some of the digging you did. Like let, go, going back to uh, really this is going a story that goes back to the Obama administration. Like how did this all start? Yeah, so if we go in our way back machine, back to 2010, <laughs> the uh, the Obama administration put out this um, national broadband plan, and that was where you know 
the Obama administration said, if we want to be successful in technology and broadband going forward, we really have to up our game and get more spectrum out there. And they put a target of freeing up 500 megahertz of spectrum um, to be used for commercial use. And so at that point, you know, the president tasked all these agencies to go around and start looking for, you know, spectrum that they could use. They were turning up, you know, seat cushions, you know, looking for change, basically, <laughs> in terms of spectrum. And so they identified this sliver of spectrum called the C-band that could be used for 5G. And so at that point, starting in, in 2011 and going forward, they were evaluating whether there were any issues with using the spectrum. And so at the time, satellite companies were using it basically to beam down uh, news reports, using it for TV broadcasts, right? So, um, so basically the FCC came up with an idea to move some of those providers to you know, a sliver of that spectrum and then free up the rest of it so that it could be used for 5G. Uh, but it was sitting, you know, pretty close to uh, spectrum that these aviation altimeters were using. And there was already a known concern about the interference. And so the issue, you know, everybody started studying it then. So the aviation industry was looking at this. NTI, NTIA was looking at this. Um, and then in 2017 is when the... Uh, the Trump administration um, and the the FCC under Ajit Pai really started um, exploring whether this spectrum could be used. And there was lots of comments in the record. Uh, mm. The aviation industry, you know, was was pretty active in detailing their concerns and, and other people detailing their support. Um, so there was a lot of activity. That's I think that's a good uh, point to make, and it, it clears up a lot of, I think, confusion about it, confusion that even I've had, because I've been asked, uh, you know, when I go on Media Hits about, why why are we just hearing about this now? Like, it just seems like this was a problem that came out of nowhere. But from what you're saying, that's not really the case. The FAA did actually express its concerns. Like, if that's the case, like, what did, how did the FCC respond? Like, why, why is it that, like, us, the broader public, are really just hearing these problems now, if the FAA, if the FAA, Sorry, if the FAA made these problems clear back then. Well, it really just comes down to a disagreement in, you know, in looking at the science, basically. So the FAA kept pointing to, you know, a couple of reports and studies that were done by their experts. And the FCC basically said, you know, we looked at these studies. We don't agree with them. We think they're flawed. Here are the reasons why. And, you know, we're going to move on. This is how the process works. You can tell us what you're concerned about. We'll look at it. We ha we're the expert agency. And you know what? We disagree. So you guys can move on. But, you know, the FAA, obviously. Right. That, I mean, that, I think, so is that what happened? Like the breakdown was like just sort of the last minute that the FAA just started shouting and waving its hands, even though this process sort of had sort of gone the way it should have gone? throughout the government or through the review process? Well, I think it process? wasn't even last minute. I mean, they were constantly um, filing things at the FCC and making their concerns mm. known. And not just to the FCC, but to Congress, right? I mean, the FCC is an independent agency that really only answers to Congress. So, right. but they also had, you know, the FCC, it's interesting because during this period 
right, where they're evaluating all this this information about the the interference, they're hearing from a bunch of you know senators and congressmen who are basically like, look, we need as much spectrum out there as possible so that we can win this race in 5G against China, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, but then you had a few folks who were like on the the transportation committee, you know, like. Um, Peter DeFazio, a Democrat from Oregon who chairs that committee, and he was he repeatedly wrote to the FCC with his concerns about this and said, hey, you really need to listen to the FAA, work this out. Um, and then there was actually, even after the FCC said, hey, we're moving forward with this um, auction, we're going to auction off this this stuff, we understand that there are still concerns. Hey, you know, wireless industry and aviation industry, you guys need to get together, um, spend a little time working out your issues, and then, you know, file a report back to us and, and we'll consider, you know, amending some of the, the parameters for the auction. And, you know, they met, you know, basically from June to October. You know, it was 29 companies and industry associations from both the wireless side and the uh, the aviation side. And, you know, they couldn't come to a consensus. So they wrote to the FCC, you know, about, you know, a month before the auction was supposed to start. And they said, well, we can't give you any recommendations because we mm. can't agree. I'm curious because a lot of this happened under the, the Trump administration. And I just know that that administration was particularly keen on 5G, right? They, they squashed the Qualcomm Broadcom deal because of Qualcomm's uh, leadership position in 5G. Uh, there was that memo written at one point where they were exploring some sort of, you know, national 5G network. Clearly someone, if not Trump, someone in the White House was really, really into 5G. I'm curious how much that played into, I guess, maybe speeding through the process of getting the spectrum out and in use. Well, it's interesting because that's really the the perception and the criticism from folks in the Department of Transportation. You know, I spoke to a former official there um, and she that was her argument. She said, you know, you had all these private in- interests like Verizon and AT&T and, uh, you know, this idea of the race against China really pushing the White House to um, to take this position and to just sort of shove things through. But then when I talked to uh, Brendan Carr, who is a commissioner um, on the FCC, he's like, you know, I don't really believe that, right? Like everybody what wanted this spectrum available for 5G. It's it's crucial to you know our economic standing in in the world. And, you know, we didn't rush through anything. This is something like we've been looking at this for a decade. So, um, you know, quit your belly aching, basically. I mean, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. But yeah, I'm paraphrasing. But he basically is like, look, this was the process. The process worked. Um, they disagree. So, you know, they can sue us in court, in federal court. That's like what they should do if they disagree. But you don't go like you know, crying to the next administration and say, boo-hoo, right. like, you got to stop this. I mean, which is which is essentially what happened here, right, is that Pete Buttigieg talked about Biden got involved. It became this giant thing that's sort of, you know, been a big part of the headlines over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, I had, I've seen Brendan Carr on other 
places basically slamming the Biden administration. And I was like, wait a minute, a lot of this happened under Trump. So I asked him about that when I interviewed him. And he was like, well, all right, I don't mean to make this so partisan. He's like, you know, perhaps somebody in the White House or somebody in the administration probably thought maybe they were doing like a good thing. They were going to help, you know, broker this deal and and sort of calm down the FAA. But, you know, he his criticism is once you open that door outside of the official process, then you just create chaos. And now every federal agency that disagrees with the FCC, you know, could come crying to whichever president is in charge at the time and, and try to go, you know, some sort of back channel. And he said that's really bad because these deals that they've been making over the last couple months with Verizon and AT&T, they're behind closed doors. Like, you know, there's no record that the public can examine, like, how did they come up with the two mile radius, you know, and, and just any of any of it. He said, you know, you're they're just really bending to the will of another federal agency, you know, outside of public view. Yeah, that, that seems like a, a, a bad precedent. And, and I'm curious how that ultimately we're talking about a lot of political infighting or a lot of fighting between regulators and, and industries. But ultimately, how does this affect consumers? Well, I think it's confusing for one for consumers. So if if you look at folks who are, you know, getting on an airplane, that's a lot of us, right? <laughs> I think people are concerned about like I don't want my plane to crash. So there's right. some fear there, right? And it affects the the aviation industry, flights are getting canceled, that kind of thing. It also affects the wireless customer because, you know, there are going to be places where maybe this service isn't available and that's going to frustrate people and right. and be, you know, a big misunderstanding. But I think also going forward, I mean, we know that we have to get more spectrum in the hands of companies that can put it to use for consumers, right? I mean, right. there's right. it there's it's a finite resource. We're using wireless communications more than ever. And so if you if you put a lot of um you know, things out there where companies are afraid to invest and do business with the FCC to, to license the spectrum, then maybe you're going to have fewer services and less innovation. And, and that's ultimately not good for consumers either. Right, right. That's for me, that seems like the biggest long term potential impact uh, or concern that I would have is that this this is a, a chilling effect for companies looking to spend money, a lot of money on these radio airwaves and putting them to use in 5G service that that could sort of halt or limit how our 5G services or six or beyond 6G even evolves, right? Yeah, it does. And, you know, and not that like the auctions are meant, you know, as money making machines for the U.S. Treasury. But, you know, this mm-hmm. this CBN auction that we're talking about, I mean, it was the, the largest ever, you know, over 80 right. billion dollars. But that money is also, you know, can be used to fund other taxpayer initiatives, right? So like if you depress the the value of that asset, then you're also doing harm like to the public just in terms of investment of, you know, maybe they can reinvest that money to get broadband in, in rural areas or to subsidize broadband or to do all kinds of other kinds of programs that, um, that we need. And, you know, that's a revenue source that, um, that might not be there in the future if if 
people and companies don't have confidence that they can bid on the spectrum and be able to to use it without having to, you know, fight with some other industry or, or government agency over using it. Right. Lots of them all over. Maggie, thank you for digging into this. You can check out our full story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at The Daily Charge. Or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>